Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. And coming up, I'm going to preview this Eagles-Steelers game on Sunday afternoon at Lincoln Financial Field with Dave Schofield. He's a writer for the Steelers SB Nation site, Behind the Steel Curtain. Um... A game the Eagles certainly expected to win, 10.5-point favorites, as we are just a couple days away from kickoff. But certainly a game and certainly a team, certainly a head coach, you don't want to take for granted. Anytime you take any team for granted, there's a, there's a great chance you're going to lose here in the NFL. Uh, so it will be a challenge for the Eagles here on Sunday, but definitely a game that they should be able to run their record to 7-0, especially coming off the bye. And we're going to talk about all of it coming up here in the next few minutes of Eye on the Enemy. But just want to remind all of you to continue to check out BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day for the latest news, notes, rumors about your football team especially we've got the Robert Quinn uh, trade all covered for you I know uh, Jimmy and uh, Brandon on the last BGN radio talked about that at length but uh, we've got that analysis uh, from all sides and the daily links that uh, certainly will uh, keep you up to date on all the different news going on this Robert Quinn trade I mean seriously what a what a great move I don't know that Quinn's going to be off the charts awesome and yes you did give away a fourth round pick and so at the draft this year, I think you have a first, a two firsts, a second, a third, and then like a sixth and a seventh or a seventh. So you've definitely given away a bunch of day two stuff and uh, some early day three stuff in the draft this year. But you can kind of make that back if the Eagles decide they don't need the, the two first rounders. You trade that first rounder for a, a, a lower first and a second or a second and a and two thirds. Or, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that you can do with that extra first round pick. And given how well Jalen Hurts has played, you don't really need that for a quarterback anymore, which was the, which was always the best case scenario. We talked about that a lot. It was always the best case scenario for Jalen Hurts to to really be awesome. So, getting Robert Quinn here for a fourth round pick really is is absolutely no risk with potential for a really high reward. And uh, I'm hoping he's ready to go on Sunday, but uh, we'll wait and see. The Eagles have gotten some good injury news here during the end of the week. It looks like Lane Johnson uh, will be back. Everybody will be healthy. That bye week came at a really good time for the Eagles to get themselves all set up for the rest of the season. Well, joining me to talk a little bit about this Eagles-Steelers game coming up on Sunday afternoon is Dave Schofield. He's the editor behind... He's the editor of Behind the Steel Curtain, the Pittsburgh Steelers SB Nation sister site for Bleeding Green Nation. Um, you can follow Dave on Twitter at STLR Superfan Dad. Dave, welcome back to Eye on the Enemy. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me back. Uh, anytime I can talk about Steelers and just talk NFL football with people that know what they're talking about, it's always a great thing. 
Well, I appreciate you, uh, you you coming on with me and uh, and 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 chatting with somebody who doesn't know. All, <laughs> all <laughs> but um, I also, you know, for people who don't know, Dave, you you just wrote a, a a fiction book recently, didn't you? Um, well, I just released it recently. I actually released wrote it. it. I actually wrote it a long time ago before I even joined uh, Behind the Steel Curtain or SB Nation. But uh, yeah, I I finally. Oh my goodness. It, it was just, life was coming at me fast. I was a high school football coach. Mm. Um, then uh, when I had a family, some things turned the other direction. Um, I ended up writing the novel. Then I'm like, I kind of need to build a little bit more resume to do anything with this. And that's how I got involved with writing about the Steelers. And then I didn't even care about the novel anymore. Then I, <laughs> my kids finally convinced me and said, you know what, dad, you really should publish it. So I did. <laughs> Yeah, and it's called Ghost Warriors. Uh, it's on correct. Amazon. So if anybody wants to go uh, go take a look at it, uh, you should do that. But nothing anyway, to Dave, do with the Steelers. Nothing to do with the Steelers. No, nothing to do with the just good, Just good reading, you know just what I mean? That's that's fiction. That's good stuff. Yeah, good fiction reading. Exactly. Not a lot of that in the world right now. So that's awesome. Um, let's talk about this game between the Eagles and Steelers in Philadelphia on Sunday. I didn't realize this, Dave. The Steelers had not won in Philadelphia going back to 1965, a nine-game losing streak in Philadelphia. Um, and I don't know that this is the Steelers team to break that streak right now <laughs> because, you know, you've got a rookie quarterback going and, you know, the Steelers seem to kind of be in a little bit of a rebuild at the moment. Is that what you'd call it? Are, are the Steelers in a rebuild right now? I would say absolutely that they are in a rebuild. They were a team that was hoping to win along the way with outstanding defense. And then when the best defensive player in the league, gets injured, um, it, it, did hurt that somewhat. So it it really is one of those seasons that if if, if they can bring it together, it's something that they could do. Um, it's not outside the realm of possibility for them to, to put together some wins. But honestly, if they don't, there's other things that can be learned from this season than just wins and losses. Right. And now you've got uh, the rookie quarterback in there and he's going to it's going to be a learning process for him. Absolutely. But with Mike Tomlin, they're they're never going to embarrass themselves. You mentioned they kind of wanted to win along the way. So um, looking back at the first uh, few weeks of the Steelers season, kind of how would you grade how they've played so far? Oh, my goodness. Their grades are all over the place. They're just they're very inconsistent. I mean, just. This team, the defense is just one one thing versus the other when it comes to to TJ Watt. I mean, the Steelers in the one game he played this season as a team had seven sacks. Since he's been hurt and he's not been in the lineup as a team in the next six games, they've had five. Uh-huh. So it's just the pressure on the quarterback's not there, which changes. Um, I, I mean, it's it's there, but not to the level that it's, that it should be, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a step slower. It's not as consistent, which then changes everything on the back end. So they're, believe it or not, they started to get it together a little bit um, in the second half of that Miami game. And they just, you know, they shut them down in the second half. Yeah. So there's, there, there's still a lot of players there that, that, that can do things, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, um, Cam Hayward, you know, those are some all pro guys. So they still have some pieces, but it's when it comes to defense, you've got to get all 11 working together or else they're going to find a way to exploit it. And let's start with the defensive side of the ball. And I'm reading some of the reports about TJ Watt. I know the Steelers opened the practice window on him uh, this week. Is there any chance he gets in the game this Sunday? Um, When we did a podcast last night, I gave it about one and a half percent. 
Um, okay. The the goal I think has always been for him to come back after the bye. Now, what's great about starting the practice window? If he comes out of practices and shocks everyone, and he's better than what he thinks, and he's better than what the doctors think and what the coaches think, is there the possibility they could say, you know what? Let's roll him out there. We'll keep him on a on a pitch count, but let's go ahead and 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 get him some game action. They could do that, but that's. <laughs> Coach Tallman had all but dismissed that um, Tuesday during his press conference. So that would really be a, be a big surprising turn for, for the Steelers and Steelers fans to see that. Yeah, and I know if you're a rebuilding team, it, you might not necessarily want to win a whole lot of games right now. At least, you know, I'm sure the players, obviously, they want, they want to win every game that they can get their hands on. But if you're looking for for better draft positioning, you know, it's you know, it might not be the worst. It's it might be a win win if you hold off on bringing T.J. Watt back for this game against uh, against an Eagles team that is favored by by double digits here at home. Um and, and looking at the defensive line, you, me- you mentioned that it has been a slog for them without T.J. Watt in there. Um, traditionally, Pittsburgh's gotten pressure on the passer, but um, give me your thoughts on how they might go about stopping Jalen Hurts if T.J. Watt isn't in the lineup. That's a that's the million dollar question because if if they can do that, then they can stick around in this game. Um, the Cam Hayward has been a very underappreciated defensive lineman for a number of years. There, there for a while, it was basically Aaron Donald and then Cam Hayward and Fletcher Cox. That 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 was that was the top of the league. So you all understand in Philly that sometimes that player just that does stuff play in and play out all the time, doesn't quite get as much notoriety as you would think otherwise. But Cam Hayward, even though he's getting up there in years, he's still bringing it. Um, The problem is, is when they can devote so much to him because of everything else. Larry Ogunjobi has been a nice addition for the Steelers this year, but he hasn't practiced this week. Now, Mm. he's also had weeks in there before where he didn't practice the first two days and then practiced on Friday and had no injury designation. So we'll we'll see how that ultimately plays out. But but the defensive line hasn't been that that awful. The the problem is the Steelers traded for Malik Reed, uh, the outside linebacker. They got him from Denver just before the season started to be a great, you know, third man into the rotation. And unfortunately, as soon as T.J. Watt goes down, they've had to call him in to be a starter. And he does a great job as a third guy in the rotation, but he's just not the guy that you're going to see out there a lot making a lot of plays when he has to be called on to play all the time. So a lot of Steelers fans want to complain, oh, well, this this defense shouldn't be built just around one player. I'm like, yeah, true. But if you have a player <laughs> that good and you're like, well, we're not going to build, a ba- build around him, that would be crazy. You, yeah. I mean, you want to use the players as, as best as you can. So when those guys go down, it's really difficult. When you have someone that's at that level that goes down, um, it, it, how, do you, how do you replace them? And, the, and Steelers fans are just happy to get T.J. Watt back at all this year because the yeah. first reports was he was going to be out for the year. Then it was only half the year. Never, never been so excited to see someone only miss eight games. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know that there is – I mean – you look at teams like the Bills and the Chiefs with with the quarterbacks that they have. They're obviously dynamic and hard to stop. With this Eagles team, they're kind of a chameleon. You know, they haven't blown anybody out this year in any of their wins, but most of their wins have been pretty comfortable. They they seem to be able to 
adjust to whatever the game flow they're involved with seems to be presenting to them. So they've won games where they got out to big leads early throwing the football. Then they've, they've had games where they, they haven't really been able to throw the ball that much. So they just run for 200 yards. Uh, you have had games with Jalen hurts where he throws for over 350 yards and two or three touchdowns. And then games where he's rushing for 80 yards, throwing for 200 and the, and the rush game is, is going great. Uh, they'll have that rut. They'll, they'll really struggle in the third quarter. And then they'll have a fourth quarter drive when they're up by three, like they did against the Cowboys uh, on Sunday night football a couple weeks ago and just take seven minutes off the clock. Yeah. It's a 10 point game. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're forcing the other team to have to throw the ball against a ball hawking secondary. So, I mean, there's, there's just so many different ways that this Eagles offense and the different weapons that they can deploy that I imagine it's going to be really difficult for Tomlin and the Steelers defensive minds to figure out what's the one thing we take away. What are we going to take away the running game? Are we going to take away Jalen hurts as a runner and let him try and beat us throwing the football? Or do we really focus all our energies and dropping guys back in coverage and, and trying to see if the Eagles can, can run the ball on us? What do you, what would you do if you're the if you're the Steelers defensive co- uh, coordinator? <laughs> that is why they get paid the big bucks and I don't because they have right. to try to figure out that game plan. Honestly, for me, what what has put Philly at 6 and 0 this year is the fact that they have 14 takeaways and have only turned the ball over twice. They are plus yeah. 12. They take great care of the ball on offense and they and they get splash plays on defense. If you can minimize their splash or, or, and maybe actually get Jalen Hurst to make a mistake, which he hasn't really done this year, you've mm-hmm. got to take advantage of those. But uh, it's it, it's really tough because because the Steelers have they've been in this boat before. It's really tough when a team's success is based on the turnover margin because there's just going to be games where they just don't fall your way. But yeah. uh, so and 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 that's the thing though. The Steelers would need so much to fall in their way to to even be in this game when it comes to those kind of plays. So so to me, um, I think it starts with Hurst, and I don't know. I don't know if you focus on the passing or the running. Um, I was very su- surprised and, and delighted with how the Steelers ultimately handled uh, Tyreek Hill after the first quarter last week. So maybe they got a little something up their sleeve. But I know a lot's been made about the Steelers' pass defense, giving up a bunch of yards. But there is an unsung hero on that defense that did not play against Buffalo when Buffalo you know, had more offensive yards than they've had all season against the Steelers. And he didn't play in the second half of the Jets game, which allowed them to come back and score two touchdowns and, and come back and win that game. And that's safety Terrell Edmonds. He's really, really coming to his own this year, and he's doing a fantastic job. I mean, he, he ran step for step with Tyree Kill down the sideline and knocked the ball away in, in the fourth quarter on Sunday. So when he's in the game and he's such a good communicator and everything back there with Minka Fitzpatrick, I, the Steelers can make some magic work back there, but they've also still got to get their cornerbacks healthy because they've it's just been kind of a carousel of guys when it comes to their health coming in and out of that lineup. Let's take a look at the other side of the ball and uh... – Kenny Pickett, the rookie, now starting at quarterback. They had Trubisky in there for a few weeks. They've decided to move on to their guy they picked in the first round uh, of the most recent draft. I know they tried to kind of – it seemed like they were trying to hold off on the decision to start Kenny Pickett. Why did Mike Tomlin decide that now is the time to let Pickett take the reins? In his word, that the offense needed a spark. Um, 
and, and they got it when Pickett first came in. But then again, when Pickett got injured uh, uh, against the Buccaneers, they got a spark when Trubisky came back in. So it's it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of Steelers fans that you know they're they're chanting for Kenny Pickett, and and everyone just expected him. Oh well, he's he's 24 years old. He was the most pro ready quarterback coming out in the draft this year. This was a very weak quarterback draft class. So just because he was he was the best of that class doesn't mean that he was ready to step in week one. I was surprised they went to him so soon. I thought, you know, if you're going to let him grow, it's not really about winning the games now. It's really about what's best for his development once you made that decision. But once C- Coach Tomlin decided to make that call, you you, you got to stick with him for the rest of the way. Yeah, and I think that's right. I mean, if, if, no matter how he struggles, it's unless you know there is a scenario where you're you're hurting your quarterback by by keeping him in there. But that's generally speaking, if you can't keep him healthy, yeah, right? I mean, exactly. Uh, and that's that's the issue is with this uh, with this defensive line. The the Eagles went out this week and got Robert Quinn. He joins the defensive rotation of Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, some other guys in the middle. You Already know, Hargrave, a very Patrick deep Cox. group, and then he got thrown yeah. into that on top of it. That's just yeah, woo. yeah. Yeah, and so they're going to be coming. And I don't know how much Quinn, I don't know how many snaps he's going to get this uh, this Sunday. He'll probably, I'd imagine, get 10 to 15 snaps to kind of work his way in. I mean, all, as, a, as an edge rusher, I'm sure there are intricacies involved. But at, at a certain point, you're also just like, hey, go get the quarterback yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing. You know, so he might he might play more than we think. But um, talk to me a little bit about Pittsburgh's offensive line. How have they been able to protect Pickett so far? Well, going into this year, the offensive line was the biggest concern. It's what will the Steelers be able to do with that offensive line? And they have actually done better than anticipated, especially when it comes to pass protection. Now, when it comes to run blocking, there's still a lot to be desired there. But um, they've done a nice job of of protecting uh, Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky so far this year, better than I anticipated um, in the early going. So, yeah, but every week, because you know there was two free agents brought in um, from the outside, uh, it, it, Kevin Dotson came back after missing the last half of last season. Um, all they had that were the same were the two le- or the two tackles from last year. One of which was a rookie left tackle last year. But it's it's one of those things that yeah they're doing a nice job, but you're you're almost waiting at any moment could it completely fall apart in a game because you'd still know that they're young and growing and, and trying to get it all uh, worked out together. So it seems like that could be an advantage for, for this Eagles defense. Yeah. Here. I mean, well, just because the Eagles defensive yeah. front is so yeah. good. I yeah. mean, but yeah. the Steelers offensive line when it comes to pass protection has done a really nice job this year. Now, I will say one thing Pickett does have going for him is he does have, I think you mentioned this a, a little bit ago, pretty good receiver trio, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. They can all play. How much trouble could they be for Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox on Sunday? Well, the, the person that you didn't even mention, the person that they should be utilizing the most, and that's tight end Pat, Pat Fairmuth. He's hmm. uh, um, in his second year out of Penn State. He's really something. But the problem is the Steelers just don't attack the middle of the field enough. They really don't. They constantly work the sidelines, work the sidelines, work the sidelines. And Steelers fans are just so frustrated. We're like, can can you throw the ball in the middle of the field at all? Early in the season. That was that was that was Jalen Hurts' big problem last year. Yeah. It was it, you would see, you know, the, the the passing charts that you get from the next gen stats. And it would just right. be a big U. 
It would be a big yeah. U. It would be short with with everything, you know, a, a, across the line, and then everything was going deep down the sidelines. And you're like, can they please start attacking the middle of the field? And I don't know if they're trying to protect the young quarterback, um, exactly what they're doing. But but to me, there's going to be growing pains. He's going to take his lumps. You might as well, if he's going to have to do something and learn from it, let him make the mistake and learn from it now rather than try to baby him along too long. And then he makes the mistake in week 14 and he has to learn from it then. Just uh, just. Open the playbook and and do all that. So it's nice to know that there's another team out there that 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 feels that pain. Maybe maybe the Steelers can turn it more into the more into Philly's offenses this year. Maybe they can do that next year. That would be fantastic. Well, <laughs> and, and like you know, I remember talking to I forget which reporter I was talking to about the Giants before the start of the season, but I I didn't predict the Giants to get off to the start they've gotten off to I or to either. make the playoffs. But you you always there are always teams every year a four-win team a five-win team the previous season that surprises the next season and it's because somebody figures something out or you get Uh a new coach in there with a different philosophy or just players develop players grow you make a key addition in the offseason and you know something clicks something Something clicks. clicks Yep, and and if you if you figure something out again, last year Jalen Hurts, we had the exi- we were looking at the same charts as you were that U shaped thing in the middle. He just he was not comfortable doing that. This year he is. He has a second year with his offensive coaching staff, and he's more comfortable throwing the ball over the middle, understanding where the different guys getting AJ Brown certainly doesn't hurt with that regard. Yeah, so, that that helps a little bit. Know, <laughs> that helps a little bit, but I mean teams evolve, and it doesn't take long yeah. in this league. A lot of times, if 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 you get the right pieces in place, so there's some encouragement there for the Steelers that as the season goes on, it, it, along, it might be a long season. But like you mentioned, getting Pickett in there gets him the experience to learn to work his way through a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So um, anyway, this weekend, this Sunday afternoon, the, the Steelers looking to break a nine game losing streak. They have not won in Philly, as I mentioned, since 1965. If the Steelers are going to pull this off, what do they have to do in order to make it happen, Dave? They have to play clean football. They cannot have any turnovers, which is extremely difficult to do with a rookie quarterback because you're kind of going to expect, you know, at least one a game. Um, and and they're going to have to try to make some splash plays either on defense or with a big return on special teams. They're going to have to, they're going to have to either score or set the team up in a non-traditional way. This is not the easiest team to do that against. That's why it's such an uphill battle, but that's ultimately what they're going to have to do if they're going to want to stick around. All right, Dave, you, you want to give a prediction for Sunday? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with what I've, I've, I'd like to do um, a lot this year. I picked the Steelers to cover, but not win. Uh, the last, okay. the last one that I had, um, the, the, the last line that I saw according to DraftKings was 10 and a half. I don't know if yeah. you have a more updated one than that. And for That's that reason, um, I'm going, uh, I'm going 23, 13. I'm not thinking that Philly's going to be able to run away with it, um, with their mm-hmm. offense because the Steelers defense is trying to figure some stuff out, you know, or starting to figure stuff out. And, yeah. um, but I, I don't have faith in the Steelers offense to score. They haven't. The offense has not put up t- more than twenty points in a game this season, and mm. and until they do, I just can't believe that they're going to. 
Well, listen, folks, make sure you're reading everything that's going on with the Steelers over at our SB Nation site behind the Steel Curtain. Check out Dave's work over there. You can follow him on Twitter at STLR Super Fan Dad. Dave, thanks for coming back on Eye on the Enemy, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, let me give you my prediction for this game. No big surprise. I'm kind of trending in the same direction as Dave here. I think it. I think it'll probably be. I think the Eagles will cover uh, the spread in this game. Uh, I think it'll be close for for much of the game, uh, but I do think the Eagles will get another late touchdown. Down, and I think you're kind of looking at something like 27 to 13 in this one. Uh, but the Eagles will run their record to 7 and 0 after handling the Steelers and continuing the losing streak for Pittsburgh in Philadelphia. Uh, the Eagles will push that to 10 games on Sunday afternoon. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Again, thank you to Dave Schofield for coming on the podcast. Again, give all of our podcasts over at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed a try and you know leave some ratings, some reviews on the Apple podcast. Let us know how you think we're doing. A five-star rating for Eye on the Enemy would go a long way. We'd appreciate that very much. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. 